Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Cariad Lloyd. Griefcast is a place to talk, share and laugh about the peculiar human process of death and grief. Each week I talk to a different person about their experiences of grief and death as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club. Welcome to Griefcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Greasters. I hope you're having an okay week. It's February. That's a bit of an improvement, isn't it? Um, I've seen some daffodils come up, and not just because I'm half Welsh. Is that a joy to see? Spring is coming, um, which is giving me some hope. Um, thank you so much for your amazing comments on last week's episode. If you haven't listened yet to Ruth Coker-Burks, I can't recommend enough what the most incredible woman she was. Um, if you did enjoy the episode, you can rate that episode specifically if you liked it or just rate the show or subscribe all those things really help me continue to do the show massively um and if the smallest thing you can do is tell someone else about it in an episode that you enjoyed that is also extremely helpful thank you if you've done that already i really really genuinely appreciate it um especially in these cold dark times it's nice to know that talking to a microphone is helping This week is a special live episode. We recorded this back in September at the amazing King's Place in London. Um, It seems so strange that we were allowed to be in a room together at that point and have an audience that we're allowed to be together. Um, Yeah, that happened not that long ago, um, but it seems miles away now. Um, I was joined as ever by the live episodes um, by three brilliant comedians, Sarah Pascoe, Darren Harriet and Athena Kobenu. Just to give it a little bit of a trigger warning, um, in this episode we talk a lot about suicide. Darren actually lost his father to suicide, he talks about it very explicitly and I just want to mention he does even talk about how his dad took his own life, so if that's something that you're sensitive to, um, please be aware we do go into that in detail. Um, But it is, as ever, a joy to talk to comedians about death and grief and all the silly things that we all think along the way and I hope you enjoy it. Please put your hands together and remember to give them a big wave when you come on because you can't do woos. For my guests this evening, Sarah, Darren and Athena. 
choose a seat. I don't mind. Please sit there. That's fine. I should probably announce I drank way more red wine yeah. backstage. There was, I'm sorry, Athena. I'm sorry. This is not what a pregnant woman wants to hear. <laughs> yeah. I'm grieving properly now. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, as someone who recently had a baby can understand, it's nothing more irritating than people being like, are you not drinking? You're like, no, obviously I'm... Obviously. No, I'm not a psychopath. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not drinking. I love my child. It's my unborn. Yeah, drinking. the worst is when you get a, a drunk woman who's like, I drank and it's fine. You should have some. And you think, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's always Guinness. That's what I... I really? always hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is something that isn't there. Pregnant women can drink oh, yeah, maybe like yeah. half a Guinness, right? But also, pregnant women can drink a little bit if they want oh, to. Oh, controversial. No, <laughs> I think they can. Do you know what there is? I know this. There's actually no, they can't put proof as to what it does. Yeah. So, because they don't want to tell people that, because some people will be like, well, there's no proof. Well, Two they know that. Day, yeah. They just say no. They know that if you're an alcoholic, that has. Like inc- it's incredibly bad. Welcome to alcohol cost. And drinking guys. regularly is bad. But they ha- what they haven't proved if, is if you have a glass of wine a week, yeah. anything happens. Look, there was some free wine. <laughs> but I don't want to. If, if you're if you're up the duff and you're having a drink tonight, enjoy it. That's what, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was trying to say. Let's all just live our own lives. Yes, absolutely. If, if you want to, that's fine. But some people drink and awesome. then they get pregnant. <laughs> that's true. That's one way. One way to do it. Anyway. We did have some free wine. I hope you guys had. Did they let you have some wine? No, you don't have. Oh my god, you're joking! Oh, this is awful. Okay, so that everyone is in Athena's position right exactly, now. Exactly, you're all on my side. Thank you're you. All on your side. We'll talk sense. Let these three chats junk stuff. I just like. Yeah. Sorry, I, I just like. Would you be allowed some? I just like how Carrot keeps saying we all had some free wine, <laughs> <laughs> as if that makes it better. It was free, guys. That's yes. what I'm going to tell my husband. We couldn't later. help ourselves. It was. It was free. It was free. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't deal with the baby. I'm not responsible. That's a really good one to do when you are drunk and you come home drunk. You, then you don't have to do the nappy changes. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're here to talk about grief and death, guys. Come on, let's not have too much fun. Um, so, <laughs> Sarah, is yeah. some, do you often think about grief or death? Is it something that preoccupies you or not really? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I, I mean, I think in a quite healthy way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're my best friend. <laughs> uh, you've got a whole, bring it up a whole grief up a brand. Yeah. And so I have someone I can talk to about it. Yes. I think I think I have a healthy thing about death, which is um, in terms of counting your blessings and the things that happen when you are well, mm. or if you've lost somebody or somebody close to you has lost somebody, that thing of reassessing how lucky you are. And um, both of my parents are still alive and I'm, I always feel very grateful for that. And so awareness of death. I don't think it I hide worry. from it. You're not somebody who's like, am I going to die today, are you? You're not like neurotic. My husband, um, it, whenever he gets a very, very slight thing, is the kind of person who Googles and then uh, thinks he has cancer. Yeah. And so I'm the other balance. Well, I'm going, I'm never going to die. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you are also quite, what's the word? Like, immortal. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you do think you're immortal, which yeah. is... I don't know if that's if that's the if that completes the circle. But while I'm alive, I am. You see, that's true. That's true. Um, Athena, this is a different. Like, are you because you're pregnant? When I was pregnant, I was my death anxiety was much much worse. I was thinking about it all the time. Are you in that stage at the moment? No, no, not at all. I don't think. No, I hope I haven't made it. I'm totally optimistic about it. I think about it in quite a scientific way, actually, which Mm. isn't is a bit sterile. But you know, you you look up statistics, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. No, really horrible statistics about black women in pregnancy, for example. So I think about that in terms of my care, like what do we need to do, Mm. but not in terms of worrying. I think of it in terms of in terms of like planning. 
you know um, that's which tough. yeah that's really tough. yeah but I think that's just a personality thing too mm. I'm very accepting of how things are <laughs> so it's like oh a doctor might not believe me if I'm in pain so I'll just scream a bit louder yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so it, that's the way I think about it but generally you're so you know I'm just so grateful to be knocked up you know <laughs> let's face it it's, no it's, it's a cool thing yeah, you know I'm very yeah, lucky yeah. I'm very blessed so I try it's very hard for me to be really somber about it even though that's I do nice. think about my first pe- childbirth was awful I lost all this blood and blah 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 so you know that I wasn't close to death but it was horrible um yeah. so once you've done that you sort of think well what's the worst that can happen because that was pretty bad <laughs> um. so Athena was second time round again if you are pregnant first time don't, don't worry it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine <laughs> it, will, it will be horrible as well and you know what will take the edge off a nice glass of wine <laughs> <laughs> you know it's weird because when they're giving you the morphine they don't offer the wine oh that's because morphine is wine times a hundred yeah let me tell you <laughs> that's second why. time round I was like I ate all the morphine first time I was like no it's fine just two paracetamols for me second time I was like can I have more and they said you've had enough morphine <laughs> they were like enough um, Darren is it something that worries you particularly or are you just kind of not focused on it in your everyday I mean I'm in a bit of a weird place yeah I'm obsessed with death oh yes in yeah, that's my kind of boy. So, um, quick history. My dad committed suicide when I was 11. Oh and ever God. since then, I thought, I think about suicide all the time. Mm. I can't get out of my head. It's there. Uh, yeah, I probably need to go to a therapist. Um, <laughs> have, you, have you not gone to therapy? Nah, ever? Nah. I've got Has that. anyone in your family? No, no. Very sort of, I mean, uh, well, they're, 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 I, I know working class people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a reference to when we were drinking the free wine. Um, yeah, no, um, no one's ever done therapy in my family. They all sort of grit through things. You just keep working, keep your head down, shut up. But uh, I, I've been through the, the, I think we, as, when you're comedians, you sort of do comedy and it kind of mm. keeps you, keeps you occupied. It's like a, you know, mild mood stabilizer. And like, I think that, especially with, you know, stuff that I do in my career and all that, it all, it's fine, mm. but it, it's not, it's not that thing. When I think of suicide, I go, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Hello. It's pretty sad. <laughs> but I'm, I, I, I've got to that point where I, I think my big worry is, is that my dad, when my dad killed himself, he was 35. Mm, how old are you? And I've just turned 32. Oh, that is very common worrying about that age. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, does it, so I, I sit there and I go, oh, biggest killer of men under 40 is suicide. Okay. I don't see myself dying any other way than killing myself. Mm. Really? 100%. Like if, if, if tomorrow the doctor said to me, I've got cancer and I've got two months to live, I would just kill myself. Because yeah. I, I see myself as killing myself anyway. So I'd be like, okay, yeah. answers, it answers everything. This is why I do comedy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are you quite a, c- controlling in other ways? Because I think it must be such a thing of like, that's how I take charge of a situation that I'm not in control of. Completely, yeah. So a uh, thing that I, I often struggled with was where I remember... When my dad died, obviously my dad died when I, uh, in March 2000, so I was uh, 11. I started secondary school, big school in September. Yeah. So when you start that, you're occupied. It's school, puberty, you get into what you want to do with your life, so, so, so I was very sort of busy. And then I went to college, dropped out of college, hated college. And then I saw a flyer for um, like an like a open mic comedy thing. And I thought to myself, I'm really depressed because now I'm just free. I'm yeah, not yeah. studying. And then... I got into comedy and I've been doing comedy since I was like 18 and that's kept me busy. But as I get older, I, 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 you know, I'm getting to that point where I'm like, okay, none of it's making me happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, the classic thing, I lost my dad when I was 15, but yeah. to cancer. And the classic thing with a young griever is that it doesn't hit you till 30. 
to you. Oh, is it? Yeah, which I didn't know until I started like doing a show about death on a regular basis. But basically what's quite common is when you're young, you just can't process it. Yeah. Just can't process it. So you just kind of carry on. And then your 20s, you kind of do stupid things. Yeah. And then you hit 30, you're like, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Maybe it's connected to that massive thing that happened to me. But it takes such a long time because you were such a young person to yeah. actually... And I think what's It's so interesting because yeah. what you're describing is coping. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. actually what you're saying is a young person copes. Yeah. You cope, you cope. Your 20s, you push your parameters to coping. Yeah. And then 30s is processing. Yeah, yeah. It's, So it's not like you're putting it off. You're actually... That, I think that's probably the only thing you can do is yeah, something and that's so massive. What's difficult. I always thought I wasn't coping. I always thought, oh, this I'm not doing it very well, am I? I'm just like ignoring it. Or I'm not going to. I didn't go to therapy until I was like way into my 30s. So I was like, what? What, what would I say? How do we do this? Yeah. And then I think actually what I realized was like, oh, it was just a way of coping. But at the time I was like, I think everyone else is probably doing this a bit better than I am. And I'm just not talking about it. And then I thought, do a podcast. <laughs> but I talk about it every <laughs> single week. And then I couldn't move from it. And there was like, I found that really helpful but I think it's very common not to have had any therapy especially when it happens to you under well, 20. It helped me a lot with stand-up mm. because I was just talking about it on stage and then mentioning it and then you sort of get you so like you know I've, I've been on dates before I'm sure we've all had this where we're just far too open we're too <laughs> used to it mm. but you can see that they're like but I'm like oh no it's fine yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, like it's okay it's just it's, you know it's just yeah. a thing that sort like, of why are you crying it didn't happen to you <laughs> <laughs> oh I've ruined this day haven't I oh but what you, am I like do you feel that like do you feel any way about it becoming material? Do you know what I mean? Because it's one thing doing therapy on stage, but people, this is entertainment, right? We're entertaining people. How does, how does that make you feel? I think I have drained a lot of that comedy material well with it. <laughs> when you do Edinburgh. The only reason I say that is because I started to realize that my, like, um, people were talking about USPs in comedy, which always sort of kind of makes me sick whenever someone's like, I just don't know what my USP is in comedy. Uh, That's the new generation, by the way. In the old days, we were just like, <laughs> <laughs> why is there Smoking all these outside. why is there a woman hosting that was <laughs> <Yeah>. what's <laughs> going on here yeah USP or unique selling point and someone said to me oh well your dad killed himself in prison and I was like oh come you? on just like a friend just like when we said he said yeah but people know that I'm like yeah but that's not yeah, doesn't people say really awful things about death heard it so many times oh your dad killing himself yeah. you've got the dead dad story for Edinburgh yeah, go yeah. ahead Darren I'll, go tell, yeah. I'll tell you something it's the bravest thing in the world to put yourself out there. Okay, okay, let's be real. There can be a benefit because people, but that's because people want to hear your story. Yeah, exactly. And it helps people. Sometimes I think, and I think it's people who haven't been through stuff that mm. they can make a comment like that. They don't really understand what they're messing with. They don't understand the world they're talking about, which, you know, fair enough. Some people haven't experienced these things. But what it, it negates is that how you communicated that story. Because any, things, things happen to all sorts of people. It's getting up, being brave, being emotional, and communicating what happened to you, making that a show that connects with people. Of course, that's why like, lawyers chase ambulances, but not comedy promoters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because otherwise it would be like, great, oh, there's lot. Everyone's got a story. Yeah, I just hang around happened. in the graveyard signing people up to the gilded <laughs> balloon. And how did he go? How did he go? Yeah, I think you're not going to get an hour up that actually. Uh, maybe start with ten minutes. Is that, but well, that's what I mean. Is like it's it negates the idea of how much it I, takes to communicate that story. I think like I especially during the whole lockdown, I realised how much I actually owe to just doing comedy because mm. I definitely, if I wasn't doing comedy, definitely would have like. I, I, it's easy to say you would have killed yourself. I would have done, I would have definitely tried a few times early. Mm. I nearly did when I was 26 and then I moved to London because I was just so depressed. And, um, but I think for me, uh, starting at around 17, when I wanted to do comedy in 18, 
And then it was, it was just this massive change in like lifestyle because I was this depressed kid, angry, sad about his dad, starting comedy, obviously terrible doing open mics. But then I'm doing, I'm in car shares with like 45 year old white guys who are married with kids. And I'm an 18 year old guy who <laughs> used to want to be a rapper. And I'm hearing their life stories and what they've, and I'm like, oh, and some of them I'm like, oh, actually you came out of this all right. Like you actually did, you did well with you. And you know, some of them went through horrible stuff or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I think that helped me a lot in the early years of just being lost was like being around, because everybody was older than me. If you, do, if you do any sort of performance art when you're like 18, especially like, well, particularly comedy, everyone's older. Everybody drove, they had kids, we'd go all over the place. And it, I really learned, I really felt like an adult yeah. much more because I was hearing such adult shit. Like some of these people, you know, like they, they, they own how they had like a house. They were, you know, <laughs> my mom still doesn't own a house. I was like, well, you own your own house. It's awesome. <laughs> and then like, they would talk about their kids and their wives or their, their, their husbands and stuff. And it, it really helped me. And then I just got to a point where after doing all that, I was, I kind of just felt really like worthless again, very similar to how I felt when I was uh, in college. And then uh, I tried to, uh, I went for, I was about to kill myself. And then I was like, instead I'll just kill my bank balance and just went to London. Instead, just moved, made the move to London. And it's really helped me, but I, it, I'm never far away. Like, I don't know a day goes by where I'm not like, I could kill myself. Mm. It must like, be so strange if you, if you know that is a way out. It's like, yeah. life must have a different exit door, like something extra that if someone hasn't had a close yeah. experience of someone that they know who I wonder as well, maybe it. this is a stupid thing to say, but like, I always think everything's cancer and I assume I will die by cancer. And I, like, again, my... Yeah my husband, both his parents died of, of cancer. So we are like, so it's, what, it's what's familiar to you. Yeah, we're yeah. very stressed whenever something, it's like, do you think, I think it's cancer, do you think you should get checked? Like we've, we've been checked so many times for so many things. And I think it's just, you know, my, so I have terrible death anxiety because I lost someone very young and it makes you think, well, this can happen, it can happen. And my therapist was saying to me, you know, but it was just, it doesn't, it doesn't happen every day. You're like, yeah, but I do have a really good example of when it did happen, when someone <laughs> did have cancer and it wasn't cool. So I think, especially when you're young, anything that happens to you in that sort of um, formative age when you are a bit of a blob and you're not quite a person yet, it, it burns you, doesn't it? You think, oh, that's how things happen. Like you said, like suicide is... And not an option for you, but it's under, it's close enough to you to go. Okay, that you can't I close off that. that you know that yeah, that that, yeah. that it happens. It if, almost, sorry to interrupt, but it almost feels like you know in Indiana Jones when there's that ball chasing him, yes. and he's running away. Yep. But it's almost like if you turn around, the ball's probably not there. But mm. you, you think it is. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to know what my most comforting thought is? <laughs> it's is so it? it's, it's so it's so sad. My most comforting thought, and I've had this thought for years, is. It's pitch black. It's almost like a dream sometimes. It's pitch mm. black. I'm on my knees and there's a gun pointing to my head. But I don't know who's holding the gun. And he, it's holding the gun against my head. I'm guessing it's a man. I can't tell, but it's someone holding the gun. And I, and I just go, ah. Oh. Oh, wow. Like I, I was like, ah. Oh, I, I think, think that's so interesting because as a controlling person, that's the complete absence of control yeah. relaxes yeah. you. You should have therapy. I know. You I know. I know. I know. They literally go, brilliant. Let's go. Let's spend two <laughs> months. Me and Sarah Athena are like, we're ready already. Like, we're settling have in. You all, have like, you all had therapy as well? I've, I've never had therapy, but it's something I'm open to. I've just never, yeah. I've never kind of gone down that road. I've heard how much it costs as well. So I'm just like, I'd rather pay my bills someone told uh, me as well that you can hate your therapist oh yeah, yeah. i didn't i didn't really i thought a therapist was like a doctor you can just you just 
a doctor, they know best. But no. Someone, no, 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 you can no. have a therapist you just don't like and you get and someone then, else. And, and also, this is what I'd say, and this is because it's a wider discussion for anyone listening. And, and, and also, like, I mean, it's not easy, but you can get therapy on the NHS. Like yeah, it doesn't yeah, have to, because it shouldn't be something that isn't accessible to everyone and it's shit that it does, oh, it can be quick yeah, or easier. Especially at the moment, money. obviously, the services are very underfunded. But, but I was lucky yeah. enough to get NHS um, therapy a few years ago. And, and again, they were like, oh, there's a massive waiting list. And I was like, I've been waiting since I was 15. Like, it's fine. Yeah. I was like, I a year and a half. And then they finally rang. And I was like, they were like, oh, do you still want it? I was like, yeah, yeah, still still got the old, uh, the old issue with the death of my father. So that's fine. Mm. I was just going to say yeah. that, just to go back to that point. So a therapist isn't cleverer than you and they're not magic. It's work you do yourself. Yeah. Like going to, if you were going to go and work out in the gym, it isn't how good your trainer is. It's how open you are. Yeah. And um, you hear yourself talk. You hear your own patterns. When you commit to a long time what happens is sometimes the same things happen in your life again in a different scenario and that's a really interesting learning. you go oh I did this we did this before but they will I've have a myself. smug face when that happens <laughs> <laughs> they do go this is reminding me a little bit of last year and you're like yes I know I know it is thank you yeah you don't have to like them though definitely I mean sometimes I they're think not your helped. friend and they don't laugh at your jokes if you're a comedian yeah, really. no yeah. that's they, the ma- most they laugh afterwards though they piss their pants <laughs> yeah, they go, yeah. oh my god <laughs> they just wait till you leave well, Somebody sure said as well, like somebody I interviewed the other day, which I hadn't thought of. She was like, oh, all therapists hate their client. They just think you're an idiot that can't solve your own problem. And I thought, oh, God, <laughs> I thought mine actually liked me. I thought, how pathetic of me that I kind of thought she liked me. And I was like, <laughs> no, she doesn't. And we also have this really weird situation where I don't know. Hey, if you're listening, I don't know if she listens. So I always say... They're not oh, allowed to. No, but what well, they must be allowed. No, they're not allowed to. They're not allowed to, like, I mean, if you're not allowed to watch you on TV, they're not allowed to read your books. Well, not- she'd be struggling with you, wouldn't she, sir? <laughs> to change the <laughs> so channel. I had to leave. I was too oh, famous. <laughs> she couldn't avoid my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good, because I'll sometimes be like, oh, you know, I have this um, podcast... And I won't talk, I won't discuss it because I don't want to go like into it or I'll be like, oh, I've got I've a gig and a thing because I find it really awkward. And then one time she said to me, like, I, why won't you discuss it properly? And I was like, because I just feel like, just felt really icky mm. to be like, like, be like, so I've got this gig at King's Place. So I just kind of, and also I don't want her to <laughs> know that I talk about her. I also talk about her a lot on the show, which I think she would probably quite like. <laughs> Part of me thinks she'd be like, mm, yeah. And I often quote her. And I think, what's the ethics of that? Do I need to pay her? Again, <laughs> like, how comes? Oh, can I ask Darren a question? Yes. And um, so, because um, I've got a friend who does comedy, whose uh, dad um, killed himself, and the comedy and what happened to her, her family experience, are really connected. Because when one of her parents was so sad for such a long time, being able to mm. use humour, almost in a way. Um, she's so programmed and conditioned yeah. to go to that place because there was already too much of the opposite. So do you think that was similar for you? Yeah, I think definitely when I went to started high school, I think because I couldn't talk to my family, but even with my dad's death, I never sat down with my mom and went, mom, you know, dad is very sure. It's just, we never really talked about emotions. You know, the sort of how we, we love each other, but we never, we never said it. My mom loves me. I love her. I love my, we know that, but we don't, we just don't say it. Yeah. So like, I think when I went to uh, high school, oh, immediately it was just like, you've got to be funny, forget about it, mm-hmm. make loads of friends. And that was like the number one thing for me. And then I think, I literally remember doing my first show, being outside the venue, obviously nervous as you all are when you do your first show, looking at a picture of my dad, just thinking wow. like, what? This is what, what, should I do it? Should I not do it? I always remember mm. that when I was 18. And I think 
now that I'm getting older and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more about my life, I'm like, okay, do I want kids? Kids is like a massive thing yeah, for yeah. me because my worry is I don't want to kill myself mm. and have my kids be go, like me. Go through what you went through. Yeah, can't have yeah, it, but yeah. I, can't, I, can't have a, I can't have kids because I can't promise that I'm not going to kill myself at some mm. point. Because I, I know that, you know, you, you love your kids and all that, but I know that my dad loved me, but he still mm. decided this was the best bet. So yeah. I, I don't... So that's a, I think that's probably the, probably the biggest struggle that I'm having now is that now in my 30s, I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm not against kids. It would be fun to have kids. I think people grow. I, I, I'm getting to that point where I think that, you know, uh, I, I won't be the person I'm supposed to be until I have kids. Mm. It's a real test of like who I'm supposed to be. But I can't promise I'm not going to kill myself. But I can't I, do it, man. I, I think you're putting too much pressure on it, actually, because if you say that killing yourself is something that is constantly with you, then that isn't going to stop. But it also doesn't interfere with your plans, your future, and the fact how much you love those children. And I, I think, in a way, it will give you another insight into your dad, because you will be a dad yourself. And part yeah. of that might be like incredibly, incredibly sad. But killing yourself is such an illogical thing. You can't go, oh, I won't do it to my children, because we all know the people that did it is because of absolute desperation. It's not a logical place. <laughs> go on, Athena, ch yeah. no, children change you in ways that are entirely unpredictable. Like you think it's really easy to say oh they change your life and you mm. and you but you have no idea whether they change your life in a good way or in a bad way there's literally no way to predict people are talking to some parents so yeah. like yeah he's a little he's a little rascal no but it's you know i mean like emotionally like i'll say something really funny so i've got a twin brother and he had a baby at on the same day as like that i had a baby oh isn't that mad, it's oh. mad isn't it? but what was really interesting as like a social experiment is how we both responded to it mm. so i won't lie I was great. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's easy, you know? But, you know, him and his partner, I won't go into detail because it's their business, mm -hmm. but, you know, it, they went through stuff to deal with uh, finding becoming parents. I put that down to them being in a very sort of heteronormative situation, thinking, we're going to have kids, it'll be great, and not doing the work. Mm -hmm. Whereas with me at the time, I was on my own in my mum's spare room. So I was like, I got to organise myself. So I put so much work into being a good parent. I yeah. did all this prep. So the baby was there, and I was like, I'm ready. But they just thought they was ready because society said, oh, you man, woman, yeah. house, You'll you're ready. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they clearly weren't. So what I'm saying to you is get therapy because you don't know. You just don't know. know. It's really yeah. easy to say, oh, you'll have a baby and you'll want to be alive for it. Mm. Actually, yeah. actually, sometimes, you know, what happens, I mean, it wasn't, you know, my, I mean, my brother, you know, they, they diagnosed him with uh, post postnatal depression, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. men can get it too, mm. you know? So this is like, but I would never have guessed yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. never have guessed that well, would happen. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I talk about that a lot on the show of the having a baby, <clears throat> having a, my first baby was the, the closest I've ever felt to grieving. Like, I couldn't believe how similar it was. Cause wow. it, like I, I And someone actually messaged me beforehand and was like, oh, just to warn you, it will be like grief. And I was like, what a horrible thing to say to a woman about to have a baby. Like, how insensitive. <laughs> and then when it happened, I was like, thank you for warning me. Because what you're dealing with is um, that, like, is a brand new presence that wasn't there. And it's really weird, like your whole life has to shift around them. And when someone dies, it's you're left with that hole, that massive, massive hole. And it's, it, it brings up a lot of stuff. It brings yeah. up a lot of stuff. But the, the other thing that happened to me was, um, I was talking to someone um, who nearly, he, this guy had kids and he nearly died. He was, I think he was in hospital and they didn't know he had sepsis. And then, you know, it was all very last minute and he was giving me a big speech about like, oh my God, if I had died, like my children, I wouldn't have seen them you know, walk down the aisle. I wouldn't have seen them go to university. And I was like standing there thinking, I mean, that is my life. Like my dad didn't see that. 
what I found strange was I was like, oh, his worst nightmare is my life. And I was yeah. like, oh, and I thought, yeah, obviously, obviously, I am someone whose dad died at 15. It, it was painful and difficult, but I am also, there are positives to that situation. Like, I am okay. I don't spend every day wailing and screaming. And I thought it's important to, what I find with grief, and this has only happened thanks to therapy, therapy TM, we do recommend it on the grief cast. I think it's enabled me to see it, to hold both things at the same time of like what happened to me when I was young was awful and horrible and so painful, but also other things happened and I am okay and I got through it and there's a myriad of things like you said with you in comedy that perhaps wouldn't have happened and you wouldn't have found it so quickly, you wouldn't have been searching for it, you wouldn't have needed that rescue, you would have been perhaps more meandering for a long, you just don't know. It's given, clearly given you like a bravery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know you don't want to look to negatives and go, oh, here's, like, like the thing we talked about, those glib comments earlier about yeah, you going, yeah. oh, you're lucky that happened. It's not to be glib, but it's, no, it's, it's not this lucky, it's, it's just, just it did happen. But it's the strength of people. Yeah, yeah. That as part of it, but yeah. I think also just like I just feel like it, it happened like obviously if you could press a button and undo a death you know there's times when obviously I, I wish I could have a conversation with him but I, I can't comprehend that I can't comprehend that world can, can so, I ask you can I ask you a question that yeah, yeah. really bothers me <laughs> go for it but I think about it and I go ah oh, but I wonder just because you were older when your dad died um can you still remember your dad's voice? No, and it really, oh, really bugs me. Really fucking bugs me. Yeah. It kills me. Really bugs me. It and really. we spoke, the last time I spoke to my dad, it was on the phone. Yeah. And um, it, was a, it was in a prison phone, but I didn't know at the time I was 11. And um, it was a very much, a, now, it was very much a final last call. Like, mm. he already had it in his mind. He was going to kill himself. It was like, you know, be good, work hard, study, make sure you look after your mom and your brother. Is your brother in? My brother was playing football. At the time, it was an in. I said, yeah, 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 Dad, when are you going to come see? All that sort of stuff. And I think about that call all the time. I, ah, just wish I could hear his voice. Yeah, I, know yeah. he, I know we just had like a proper Brummie accent. That's what <laughs> I know. Like yeah, he had a proper, right, Darren, don't worry. It'd be something like that. But I, I yeah, it bothers it, me. My, I wish I recorded it. Mine went and we had him on a dictaphone. <laughs> That's where we kept him. And, um, <laughs> and then we lost the dictaphone tapes. Because I remember being about... 18 and going into the old office and finding it and pressing play and being like <laughs> oh god because his voice and it was saying something really banal like oh send a letter to the accountant about and I was like oh god and I what's hard I think when you lose someone young is you think well how would I ever forget that of course oh, of course I remember his voice and it's gone until I had something happen in lockdown where I I heard it I heard it and I just had a baby so I don't know if that was like I was still in the realms of morphine. <laughs> Perhaps I was still enjoying myself. But I just heard this voice and I didn't recognise it at first. I was like, What's, who's that? And I thought, oh my God, that's what he sounded like. Wow. But I have been like moaning about not having it for like four years. So maybe he <laughs> has got the memo. Because I think it's, it's one of those things when you lose someone, when you are really still a child, that you can't, you can't tell that child what they need to remember. Yes. Because you're just so upset and you're so sad and you don't well, know what I was going to say on the other side, so mm. um, Carrie knows this, my cousin died last year and she's a, a couple of years older than me, so obviously no age at all to die. And um, her son is 11. Oh. 
And um, so, I mean, it's the third time she'd had breast cancer, and this time it was definitely, she was definitely going to die. And actually, all of the things we did, so having known Cariad, um, one of the things I did, and actually neither of them really wanted to do it, Jane, because she was dying, um, and also um, Ryan, her son. So I got Jane to leave lots of recordings for Ryan, for this thing about the voice. And I'm like, and I had a list of like, okay, useful moments. When he passes his GCSEs, when he's this, and, 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 and uh, it, we did get some, but we had to stop because Jane found it very upsetting. But also, Ryan doesn't want to hear them. Like for oh, him, yeah, right yeah. now, yeah. this someone else coming and going. This is really good grief work, and he's yeah. like, he's actually. Just, I just want to make friends at school, like deal with my life. Um, uh, it, they will yeah. benefit from that so much. Yeah, I've yeah. already, I've already recorded my nan and my mom already. Yeah. I've already started uncles and that. Uh, luckily, I had a show on Radio Four. And uh, they wanted little interviews with my family, and I purposely did an hour and a half with everyone. <laughs> so I've got like the four, I've got everyone. I've literally got my yeah. nan talking about when she came to oh. the black country from Jamaica in the 60s and what it was like. I'm like, yes, yeah. that's gonna look so good. But it's yeah. like now, like Can't what, wait. what grief looks like for people is just so much changed because of social media. And mm. in some ways, it's kind of gone in the other direction where yeah. you're just inundated with, with people who've, who've passed away. And you know, a couple of years ago, I knew someone who passed away just young, just just die, drop, one of those ones just dropped dead. Mm. Could never predicted it. And he's everywhere. Yeah. He's, he's everywhere, he's on social media, he's on Twitter, you know, and it's... You get reminded of their birthday on Facebook. Oh. Like yeah. Things, things that, because people still exist and no one thinks, oh, I'll go into all of their logins and stop that Well, you that can happening. nominate someone for Facebook to deal with your account, which I, you can go on now and they will nominate someone if you die they will be in charge of your Facebook account so it's worth doing guys because you never know <laughs> it's someone with death yeah, anxiety I should do that, but yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a good one to do <laughs> but I agree with you Athena that it's weird because so my dad died in 1998 so it's we are that time where like memories are very precious because like if you google him nothing comes up because mm. I did one day. I was I've like, done that a few times. Yeah, I was like, what, done that that a few what times. happened? Tap my dad's full name in. Yeah, done everything. Nothing comes nothing. off. I'm like, that's so strange. And it's really weird. Whereas I speak to people now who have WhatsApp messages, voicemail messages, the yeah. Facebook, the Twitter, uh, the Instagram. Your iPhone does things from memories. So it'll go, yeah, this day yeah. two years ago, or this day four years ago. Yeah. So stuff stuff just constantly It's like Black exists. Mirror, that episode yeah. where they build a person based on their social media trail. Do you yeah. remember yeah. Like season one or something? And it's... And it's almost like, is that, how healthy is that? Um, Sarah, have you had any thoughts of your funeral? Have I you got anything you want I, I did think about it because I got married last year and I didn't have a wedding. So I think I'm not going to have a funeral. <laughs> that's what Catherine Ryan said. Did she? Yeah, she that's said, why we're friends. Because we, said, yeah, we get said, our attention at work. <laughs> she said, throw my body in a bag at the side. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. It's a bit how I feel. And I, I know it is for other people, not for me. And then that's what feels really like arrogant. Like, what would I put on for them just everyone get delivery in your own house of mine from the garage <laughs> 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 that would be a very fitting honor of you yeah. to get delivery but and be in be in yeah yeah <laughs> i'd be like this is what she would have wanted i would want it yeah um athena have you had any thoughts for your funeral yeah for sure i'm the opposite so i'd rather have a bigger funeral <laughs> and a tiny wedding i'm super shy oh, so i don't you know yeah. the idea of getting married like kiss mum partner but my mum no. <laughs> 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 I'm sick we like when we go to her house we're like he's on one end of the couch and I'm on the other end <laughs> I'm just super shy about stuff like that so I'd love for to have a, a big funeral I do want to go fund me just to see just to see how much it'll raise <laughs> <laughs> just to see <laughs> 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 I've, got two, I've 
GoFundMe. You know, just sorry. So <laughs> like, I've got two kids, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be fun, just for the banter. Just for bants. Yeah, but a big celebration. I always believe that. Like, when people are ashamed of their age, I think it's mad. Mm. You know when you, you, know, you, you go to a gig and someone says, oh, it's, my, it's my birthday, and you say, how old are you? And they don't want to say, I'm like, fucking tell me your age. Yeah. You're alive. Yeah. You, got a big, you, know you got a big sash on yeah. you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to see your age. And so in the same way, like, for me personally, I want people to be happy that I lived, mm. I grew my locks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I got, you know, I, I, had, I, I gave birth to, like, two kids. I met a dude, and I thought I'd do that. Because men are interesting. Um, <laughs> I thought he was going to say trash, though. Uh, interesting, Darren. You're just interesting. <laughs> I was going to agree. Um, I've done other, you know, you've put my name to Google, shit comes up. Yeah, That's yeah. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. So it's obviously, you know, if it was to happen tomorrow, it would be premature. Yeah. But just come, enjoy, eat some food, dance, have a nice time, and go PayPal the company. <laughs> yeah, why not? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. Darren, what do you want? Have you got it planned? Yeah, I thought about my funeral quite a bit. When you, th- <laughs> yes. when you think of killing yourself this often, you really do. Uh, it all depends. To be fair, it, it kind of all depends on how I die. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in my early days, I used to think about jumping in front of a train. My mm-hmm. worry was jumping in front of a train, mess up my face, can't have an open casket. Do you want right. an open casket? I think about it a lot. Do you? I, the problem is, I always remember my dad's open casket. Oh, right. Yeah. And my dad's open casket was, so my dad had dreadlocks all the way down to his like, backside. But just before he, when he really was going through like schizophrenia, shaved it all off. Mm. At the time, I thought it was fucking awesome. That's like slapping. <laughs> but um, really, it was because he was just going crazy. Yeah, and he just, yeah. he, a big load of hair is the last thing you probably want when you f- feel like you're being chased or whatever. And I always remember him in the, in the, in the casket because um, they asked my brother if he wanted to go. And my brother was like, no, no, no. He was, you know, and I said, oh, yeah. And I, I can't get that image of him out of my yeah, face. Cause it just, that's so common. Yeah, it didn't really look like my, the dad I remember. Yeah. Uh, on his tombstone, they've got a picture of him. 
and it's him with the dreadlocks and the smile. Hey, I'm like, ah, that's, that's yeah, that. Yeah. So there is a part of me that f- f- thinks that, but I do know I definitely 100% I want to be cremated. I really do not bury me yeah. out because I just know that, like, to everyone here, all of your loved ones, you've maybe got, think about the person you love the most. You've, if they die tomorrow, they've maybe got 30 years of you visiting their grave. And then after then, my dad's been dead 20 years. I visit every now and again. I don't want that. I, yeah, I've, yeah. Been to, uh, I've been to graves around December time at Christmas and you can really tell the fresh pots. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. The tell fresh the flowers, fr- yeah. Merry Christmas. I'm like, oh, they're going to have to come back in two weeks. Look at them. <laughs> they've got to do a shift. And like... <laughs> You can always tell the ones where they don't visit anymore. Yeah, but then when you get to the 100-year-old grave and it's very romantic and it's all covered in moss, so you just have to wait for a good time for a grave. Yeah, but I also think it's, it's super expensive. I'm very easy. <laughs> I'd, I'm kind of like you. I want to party. They can talk yeah. about my life, talk about what I've done, all that sort of stuff. Lots of food, but uh, yeah, I, w- I would love to just be like cremated 100%. Yeah, burying I think is just I, yeah. horrible, man. Um, yeah, I mean, some people find burial very comforting. What do you think, sir? Burial cremation, or you don't care? Uh, I think I do care. <laughs> I like the, what my mum always. My mum was always very sweet about death. Like when when her dad died, so she talked to us a lot about it. And um, and what she always explained was that. Was it, well, my, neither of my parents are religious, so she talked a lot about carbon <laughs> and, how, um, <laughs> and how we're all made of carbon. It's this really basic thing, and it can be hard like a diamond. Or And basically, my mum explained being burned, as in like a way of freeing the oh, carbon, yeah, so you nice. go back and you become everything again. And then she's like, and then you're the sky, and then you're the water. And, then, and so I've always had the idea of like, yeah, it's, it's this quick fire, and then boom, you're the world again. <laughs> you're everywhere. Yeah. yeah I, well, I've always just grown up, my, my dad was cremated, and so I just kind of think... I quite, I quite like ashes, you know? I quite like the idea of having somebody in ashes yeah. and you get to spread them rather than, I. yeah, I'm also a bit claustrophobic, so the whole box thing. And yeah, I don't, I don't have a grave to visit. We didn't do that, so I... Have you ever wished that there was a place? Yeah, sometimes, definitely sometimes, because I think... <laughs> I've told this story before on the show, but genuinely, we were, so he was Welsh, and we f- my mum kept him in the wardrobe for 10 years. When, after he's dead. And um, <laughs> not because he was Welsh, it's not connected. It's very small, you can pop him in. And um, when we finally went to spread his ashes in, in Wales, and I'm, so yeah, how old, I must have been, oh, anyway, it's about like 18, 17, 18. And we genuinely, it was very windy, and we sp- spread them and it went in my face. Yeah. And I got dad in my eye. And <laughs> it was really, really funny at exactly the same time as being awful because and have you seen the big Lebowski that's the famous scene yeah. where he gets the ash face because my mum and brother were like <laughs> sort of wanted to laugh at me but also like oh is she alright and I was like yeah fine fine it's just really misstuck <laughs> like that was like one bit I think it's funny don't worry you can laugh um, as much as much as I love a uh, want to be cremated I do think the ashes situation mm, is it's tricky uh, yeah unless you because the last thing I want is to be on someone's like my wife's mantelpiece. No, I that's think you want to be spread, don't yeah, you? Yeah, that's what I mean. I'd want it to be spread because you know there's yeah. people who just have it there. And yeah, they go, why don't you there. do like a baller move, like a little test tube full to all of the new comedians that year? Take <laughs> 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 like a little bit of Darren Harriet You're with welcome. you. <laughs> Good You're luck, welcome. kids. <laughs> a little bit of Darren, guys. They yeah. could like carp. What is it? They could, if it's carp, they could force it down into an award. I think. I yeah, think yeah, they could do, ob- put it in glass. Other than like visiting the the, the tombstones and the headstones or whatever, and I just know how. That goes down over years where you, yeah. you know. I, I also didn't like, so in a, especially in a lot of like Caribbean funerals, you have to like, uh, get they give everyone shovels and then you literally just have to like throw the right, dirt. Yeah, yeah. You, have to, you have to do it until it's full. And to me, obviously that takes ages. 
and everyone's really sad. So it really, st- I always remember everybody. There would be about five shovels, and just they're just throwing dirt on my dad. Mm, and I'm yeah, just yeah. like, it just, I, I remember the, um, the, 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 the like crane or whatever comes over and he goes, "Do you want us to just do it?" And everyone's so angry. So <laughs> what? And it's like, all right, fine, fine. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, oh, this is just too long, too <laughs> painful. And you never forget. I always forget that. I always remember the, uh, a few of the songs. Yeah, yeah. Just from the and some of them I could hear it, and I'd I'd be so sad because it just takes you immediately back. Yeah, yeah. And, um, Do you yeah. ever get snippets of it? I ever there was a song at his funeral that a woman sang. So it was it was like a song she'd written herself, and every now and again it just comes into my head. I like hear a yeah, bar yeah. of it. And I think it always takes me a while because I'm like, what's that? That's not us. Oh, it's the song for my dad's funeral. It's so weird. It's quite, I would recommend that because then you don't hear it in shops because it's an original song. (laughs) (laughs) If you can have someone compose an original song (laughs) for your funeral, I heartily recommend it. Another thing as well about burial, uh, burying people that I fucking hate, that my family have done, is they did, so they did like, um, they put my my dad, because obviously they lost their son Mm. and they're, you know, obviously they're, beside themselves my my nan died 10 years ago she's buried on top of my dad so they had they purposely had like a really deep grave oh yeah and it's just it's it really annoys me but i'm in no position to be like hold on a second guys why does it annoy you what is it bothering you because i just felt like it was waking up my dad's grave oh yeah yeah yeah, Yeah, they had to dig it all up my dad's tombstones there and it's purposely a big one with like his picture on and you you could tell that they probably have I put her there and him there. So then to have all these people back around yeah, my dad. Yeah, yeah. Remember, we've got to dig it up and then throw the shirt. <laughs> I just, I, I really hated that. I understand yeah. why they did it. It's obviously, it's their son. It's their oldest son. It's, it's beautiful to them and all that. Yeah, but to yeah. me, it just felt like we were really just disturbing this yeah, whole Yeah, that's interesting, site. isn't it? That's the thing with burial. I why don't we bury yeah. people standing up? They do some places, don't do they? they? I feel like that's come up before. Oh, and really? they yeah. do, I, feel I feel like, like some it's a harder way to dig. Yeah, but then eventually, oh, yeah, if you did want to slot someone in next door, you see, that's <laughs> easier harder. then. You've got to take your shoes off. You've got really big <laughs> yeah. feet. You can't yeah. get a little like a filing cabinet. Just be like that one, then yeah. that one. I feel like somewhere does that, like Holland. I'm just, my memory is yeah. very <laughs> poor. In, in but I feel like somewhere, some, or maybe Japan, somewhere. No, they cremate in Japan. They cremate. That's the, like 0.01% yeah. of people are buried is it in the, Japan. Was it the, um, the really sort of rough parts of China where they have the strippers at the funerals? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, do they, not know this story. They, oh, they, yeah, did, yeah. they did an episode of No Such Thing as a Fish about oh, it. Oh, I Having strippers it. for funerals. Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. I put it on my list. Yeah, that's that's the one thing your party needs. (laughs) I mean, they really, the strippers, they really go, they they act like they're not at a funeral. It's crazy. Yeah, that's what you want, because some people will turn up to a funeral thinking, she wants wants me to have a good time, so I'll just pretend. When there's strippers there, do you know what I mean? You're going to have a good, either have a good time or you'll be appalled, but you're going to forget about, hopefully, that, oh my gosh, she's dead, which is what I want. That's what I want. Do you guys have the people who just turn up to funerals? They're just known to go to a funeral. Oh, that's a very big Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that big Gardens? Oh, oh, yeah, Jamaica. Massive. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. My nan has so many of the, um, whatever they call it. Order of services. Order yeah. of services. My nan has so many. And it will be like, oh, that's a cousin of a cousin. Yeah. I didn't know him, but. Ah, what are you gonna do? Gotta yeah, go. Gotta, I gotta represent. Because in Ghana you advertise funerals, like in newspaper, like how you have notices in church yeah. papers oh, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And so people go for the newspapers and just rock up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. There's, there's so many. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear that because I think one of the fears for older people here who have a limited social, especially or they've outlived lots of yeah, their friends yeah. and family, one of the things that makes them feel very sad is the idea of not having a well-populated funeral. Because yeah. obviously, having lots of people there shows a good life and that you were loved. So you do. They you would do love get the that. Idea. You do get people turning up. So, but it's more yeah. of a like 
I think here it's more like if you go to that church regularly, there'll be one old lady that goes to all the but funerals. But it, it would be better if people just went, it's just a funeral, just going to sit there and hear about the person. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. I know, it would be like, like I was thinking, like, you know that they sometimes do christenings at the, on a Sunday at the church service. I think, why not whack a funeral in there at the same time? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we're having the service and we're burying this person and we're christening this person. Yeah. So goodbye Yay! to Arthur. Hello to you. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you guys, do you guys record your funerals? Record them. Yeah. Uh, do you have someone? So, like at my nan's and my dad's, there's a hired person who walks oh, around. Oh, I this don't was think like, so. Like a wedding, like you would at a yeah, wedding. Literally, there like a wedding. There are certain universal black things that just, just panic. It was. It was. The, that, yeah, it yeah. was so off-putting yeah. to me because I remember being at my nan's funeral. I don't remember my dad's one that much, like in terms of someone recording. But I was told there was. So somewhere there is a tape where wow. I can literally watch my. No, dad's No, I've service. never seen that. Yeah. But um, at my nan's, so it was 2009. I always remember there being a guy with. Like a big old camera, <laughs> VHS style. But it's like he literally looked like he was going, "Come on, give me more, give me more." Oh like my everybody God. on the front row, more tears. Come on, like he was, he loved it. It was a big gig for him. <laughs> and I just so that whole thing is recorded. And I tell you, he's got some good shots. He's when do you watch that? Like, when do you like? Oh, what should we watch tonight? Titanic. A lot of it is to send to people. <laughs> oh, I see. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, true, yeah. and things like that. That makes so, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, a godfather of mine died. Um, uh, COVID related and so they, they filmed his kind of um, you know his, his funeral which was obviously very limited in mm. attendees which is even more important uh, yeah, but generally yeah. it's to send to people abroad people who can't make the funeral so I attended a Zoom funeral during right. lockdown it's the first time I've ever obviously had to do something like that and it was very strange It was very, so I had a friend who died again too young and um, and they said oh we're going to send a link and I was like great I'll yeah I'll just watch it on zoom so again I had that complete duality of where we live at the moment in our, our technology part of me was so glad that I could see her funeral yeah. and I only knew her she was a palliative care nurse so I knew her through the grief world but I got to hear stories about her being drunk at school and I got to see her husband talking and her mum and it was just I really felt like wow I got to see this full person and she loved sunflowers so they had this um, coffin like absolutely bedecked in sunflowers but then it finished and I was just in my bedroom <laughs> two, two questions yes first question is did you feel the need to dress up did you wear all black or anything? <laughs> I didn't but I did light a candle next to my laptop okay, and right. I felt stupid but I was like no I'm gonna do it anyway because I felt like I needed to do something because I wasn't mm -hmm. present second question yes. and this might be more important okay how was the Wi-Fi connection <laughs> <laughs> because it would be strange if so, you see like yeah. someone getting like put into cremation <laughs> and then it freezes and then you just see the little urn at the end <laughs> my <laughs> Wi-Fi connection let me tell you producers of radio comedy is brilliant it's nice. absolutely brilliant. <laughs> okay. But I tell you what did happen was they the service was late, so they did the the Zoom live from like two thirty. So I was watching people doing the like chatting, like so the people uh, the. The head of celebrant and the people who ran the crematorium just having a chat, checking her name, laughing. <laughs> oh, is it said like that? Oh, I've never heard it. Oh, it's John, can you come in? Yeah. <laughs> no, it hasn't started. It hasn't started. <laughs> Yes, they're outside. And I was like, I felt so awkward. I was like, <laughs> and they had said, like, if it's, when you went onto the website, it was like a funeral. It said, you know, if, they, if you, the funeral hasn't started, please um, pay, be respectful and mute, mute until it starts. So I thought, obviously, I'm not muting this. <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously, it's like being a little eavesdropper. Yeah. And it was a bit weird because the angle was a bit weird. So, like, people's heads were, like, right in the way. And then they would move. And again, you'd be like glad of the view. And I was like, oh, yeah. what? A coffin? Why do I need to see the... But it felt like, 
Yeah, so it was, but I did get to see it all very, very smoothly, <laughs> I have to say, Radio 4. That's the number one thing that would bother me. Yeah, Even yeah, yeah. If, Especially if it was a relative, oh, choppy internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was all right, it was all right. So if you, if we, you know, cremation or burial, Sarah, have you thought about your last words? Because there's some, you know, you, I feel like as a writer, maybe you want to be prepping that no, sort of thing. I, no, I'd like the exact opposite. Oh, you I don't think care. so. Yeah, I mean, because also I'd, I'd like to be surprised by death. <laughs> so I'd like it to be something really inappropriate. Oh, or, I see. Or, just, or something unfinished, so it's a mystery. Ooh. I'd really, really like a... <laughs> well, she worked like that, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that the would be good. Is too sick. Oh, um, I've worked it out. It... <laughs> Because you know what they gone. could then do is a 20-part podcast series about what she was going to say. Like, yeah. definitely. Someone could investigate your life. Yeah. Um, Athena, any thoughts on your last words? Oh, God. It would have to be something, like, overtly political. <laughs> you know, it, it would just be like, God, money's not important. You know? <laughs> or, or stop paying the council tax. Well, just stop paying it, guys. If we, if we all stopped, they couldn't do anything about it. Okay? Just stop paying it. No one's with me on this. I, started, I tried to start a hashtag. No one, <laughs> <laughs> no one did nothing. But you but know what, Athena, if you die, it. people will get behind that because they'll be like, oh, she's, oh, yeah. Exactly. It's actually one of her dying wishes that this GoFundMe <laughs> campaign really kicked yeah, off. But, it, but the GoFundMe is actually enough for all of our council tax. What should we do? <laughs> <laughs> that, how would you feel about that? We use the GoFundMe to fund Absolutely. the Absolutely. Liberate the people. Liberate the people. Okay, <laughs> okay. All they do is empty the bins. That's it. Come on. It's, not, it's too much. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. Um, Darren, have you thought about last words? I guess you have thought about last words, or maybe not. Weirdly, never ever. This is the first time oh. because I just don't because I'm like so. I guess horny for suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just expect it to be so sudden. I just wouldn't have. I just there would be no thought. There'd be no like sort of book. It would just be okay. I guess I'm gonna do it now. Oh, so you wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't leave a letter. Nah, I don't think I, I don't think I would leave. That's one thing I'm really glad that my dad never did was mm. leave a letter because he could he could have said anything. Yeah, like, yeah. He might have said, oh, "I love all the kids," but if he had schizophrenia, if he said like a crazy thing at the end, mm. like oh, "I'll just run from that light," I'd be like, "Oh no, Dad thought there was aliens." Like yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really glad. That's one people always ask me about that about suicide notes. I would never leave one because I don't. I I just feel like, I just feel like, especially if you leave a suicide note where you know you're like. This is my time, and I feel like that's even worse. Yeah, because yeah. Then you, that that would have affected me a lot because I would be like, there is a time where you just want to do it, and that's even so when you're interesting because yeah. I, I haven't been affected by suicide from in a close network, and I've always seen suicide notes as a sort of comforting thing. But that's a classic example. No, it's, it's it's you not, I think it's, I think it's explanation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think at least what then people go is okay, but maybe there isn't an explanation. Oh, of course, you know? or it's even more frustrating. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny, isn't it? When things you haven't considered because yeah, it's, yeah. It's like when people say, oh, I've had people say to me, oh, you're like, you're lucky because it was, it wasn't, he didn't just drop dead suddenly. So, you know, you get this time with someone and I have to point out my dad refused to talk about it. Yeah. So, like, yeah. even if someone's dying of cancer, you know what? They might not give you that conversation. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's that, up to them. That must be, the, that must be so horrible. Yeah. To go was, through. I think that with my mum. My mum is so, I, I've said it before, yeah. I said if my mum ever got cancer, I would be the last to know. Because she yeah. would keep it all, just keep it all in. She wouldn't, she'd tell like my nan and like her, mm. her sisters, but like I would be the last to know. Because she'd be like, you're in London, I didn't want to disturb you with it. And it would, I would make my, even thinking about it now, I fucking yeah. want to explode. No, <laughs> just because no, I, I know she's, well, she we, would do we that. We had a friend whose mum had breast cancer and didn't tell him. Yeah. And, and because she didn't want to worry him, and also it was a personal thing for her, she was going through it and she didn't, yeah, that's yeah. actually what I had with my therapist, just to 
plug them again. Um, <laughs> I'll give out the number. Um, that I've always felt very frustrated that he didn't talk about it. And then she, and I had that child anger because that's the problem when you lose someone young, you still react in that same child brain because that's when the trauma happened. So I still felt very 15 year old. I'm like, what the fuck did he not fucking talk about it? And then one day she was like, do you think maybe he, he was just found it really difficult? And it had never occurred to me. <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh yeah, maybe it was hard for him because it's just—I <laughs> was still in that child brain of like yeah. fucking idiot, like classic, classic dad. Thanks very much, and I just hadn't occurred to me yeah. how it might feel to be the adult in that situation. Which again is once you have children, you're like, oh, it is hard, isn't it? Mm. It is hard. <laughs> they were right. It is hard. Um, have you thought about music though? Any other last songs? I you hate want? music. You do, but no, that's not true. You like some. Okay, they can listen to my running soundtrack. It's just um, funky no, house from the nineties. <laughs> only music that you actually like no actually that's all the only music I don't like any other music you've now. gone off them yeah I've finally gone off take that that's what she's trying to make me say I don't like them anymore because they're, they're, taken I don't, a think, long I don't time. think they're nice people oh Sarah. <laughs> sorry oh take that yeah. Yeah. No, they're not. They're not. I did security that is for them. Big for you. Yes. Okay. The I've whole changed. career is based around me. I'm nearly forty, and I've decided <laughs> I'm not in this just to meet Mark Owen anymore. <laughs> Can I just say that is that is a big change. That I is a big change. From lockdown has been big for everyone. <laughs> We've when, all been having big thoughts. When Mark Owen made that that song that that. The one that he's like lead singing, the one and only Clementine. one. Clementine. There we go. What? I so was Clementine. Clementine. Was that the one uh, where he's yeah, like, yeah. take her off, nod your face? No, oh, no, 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 no it's with Shine. Shine, yeah. Shine. I did, security, I did security for them when I was doing their first tour with Robbie. And uh, he, really, he really did shine, that guy. <laughs> he was so fun. He was so, like, he was so, him and um, uh, Jason Orange, is it? Yeah. Real nice guys. Just putting it out there. They were really nice. I never got close to Robbie because Robbie's Robbie and Gary Barlow was just, you know, somewhere just like... So you're saying that Mark and Jason are the nice ones? Really nice. They were really friendly to just what random security. the one that got dreadlocks once? Was he Howard. Nice? Howard. Howard, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just remember. Oh, yeah, Howard. Yeah, I forgot about him. He was actually all right. It was just that <laughs> those two were just really friendly. They were like, hey, how you doing, buddy? You right? You want a glass of water? And it was like, uh, no. <laughs> uh, thank you, though. Like, they were just nice guys. I'm trying to get you back into them. I think I am. I'm yeah, just they <laughs> Did you, did, you, did, you, did you hear the bit where they were offering people water? They're, they're rock stars. And yet they're in your face. Back, so like they're I know, nice so maybe I just don't like Gary Barlow. Okay. Maybe, maybe I just don't like Gary I Barlow. I think Gary is hot and cold, you, you know. If you write back for good, you can do it. <laughs> you just like he doesn't pay council tax. <laughs> <laughs> Athena, yeah, He's that's tricky for you. He did write back for good, but his tax issues. Oh, okay, that's... I'm still blown away by Take That, Sarah not liking Take That. Would you not even have one of her songs? Well, you need to write that down because if you die and someone came to me and said, what will we play? I, I would be, be like, there. Take I That. I don't care. Well, I'm playing the full album. I don't know that you won't <laughs> be there. There might be an afterlife. Might be there going, fucking hell, they're doing Erica Badu. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be talking about Take Promise. That, like, they're now, like, the last that order. Take That, like, five years oh. below. Like before, like nineties oh, to like. Also, I'm not having a funeral. So. Oh yeah, that's true. I know what my nan wants for oh, her yeah. funeral. She says it all the time. She, she says it as a joke, but she's 100. She wants. Uh, uh, is it Will Young? I think I better leave right now. Yeah, oh. That's a brilliant song. She said it so many that's times. So it's gonna happen. Yeah. Like 100 percent said when they carry my carry me out for the burial. I want Will Young. I think, and you better have it on that's repeat so good. because I want it until I leave. Yeah, she's obsessed with it. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. That's, a funny, that's very that's funny. A very funny. I guy. knew two virgins who waited until they were married to have sex, and they walked down the aisle to "Let's Get Ready to Rumble." <laughs> <laughs> and I think that kind.
kind of thing is appreciated by everyone. Because yes. it was their first time, there will be no rumbling. Like, but don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them. Yeah, yeah, Let's it'll get be great. Ready. It'll be great. Let's yeah. get ready to be disappointed. Um, so <laughs> we're going to move. We we have time for a little Q and A. So if the, and if you don't have a question, that's fine. Sometimes people don't. But if you do have a, a question, yes, we've got one over here. Oh, favorite oh. movie death scene. Oh, I don't have a favorite movie death scene, but my favorite um, TV death scene, which I've said before on the show, is this is very obscure for some people. There's a 70s show called I Claudius. Do you remember I Claudius? Thank you, thank you. It's just it's just me and you. <laughs> um, anyway, I Claudius is based on a book, and it's like it's like the it's like Game of Thrones, but in Roman times. Okay, so it's based on actual things. And Brian Blessed, yes, you all know Brian Blessed, is in it. Brian Blessed, famously, you think, silly, big actor. He does the best death scene I've ever seen. <laughs> it's incredible. He's like there, and then he does that thing with his eyes where he's not there anymore. And I don't know, I don't know what he's channeling, how he does it. It's incredible. And they, it's, it's like proper BBC 70s, so it's just a really dodgy camera this close to his face. You probably can't even YouTube it. You just need to watch the whole of I Claudius. Available on DVD. <laughs> we bought it from HMV. I'm sure that's still going. Um, anyone have a favourite movie death scene? I've, I've got two. So, oh, good. Yeah, a big one is Hans Gruber in Die Hard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, everyone. I mean, everyone who's my age probably gets uh, quite emotional over Mufasa in The Lion King. Oh yeah, um, and yeah. It's, you know, it just, it just. I was up until then. I was a strong, silent type. <laughs> <laughs> And it really released me from my... No, it's, you know, it's, it's sad. I'm, I'm not, it sounds like I'm being facetious, yes. but I'm No, really I remember. Not. I remember it's watching it and being like, oh, yeah, they're, yes. like, they're, they're going to... He's dead. And it's like he dies in, like, the first act. Yes, yeah, like. yeah. So it's, it's really like, oh, my God. And it's a kid's movie. They lulled right? you into that Disney sense of false security because you thought, it's Disney. They're not going to die. That lion's not going to die. And then they, they yeah, did. And you were like, what is this, Disney? I, I'm very keen on kids, especially watching kids' programs now. Kids' programs being real. You know, yeah, and yeah. being showing life's rough sides and showing sadness and showing difficult emotions. That's actually quite a good example. Yeah, of yeah. It when, you know, I reflect upon this as an adult. At the yeah. time, I was like, move fast. But now I'm oh, like, God. actually, that's quite a healthy, a healthy thing to show in a kid's movie. I the generation seen... before had that oh, with yeah. Bambi. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. But oh, my God, the Bambi. But I remember that. I remember being like, what? Bambi Why? one. I, so I, uh, during lockdown, I watched Disney films every day because <laughs> I'd never seen any of them. Wow. So I just wrote like mad reviews of Disney films. And when I put Bambi, everyone was like, oh, Bambi the death scene. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. No, but I think as a kid. What, what you've been through is a lot worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, Your standard fine. is probably... No one's in prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it That's was really it was aimed funny. at a different market, I feel, Darren. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a circle of life in Bambi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the Lion King one, I did find a little bit more like, ah. That's quite sad because he was really nice. Yeah. And then he comes back at the end. comes back in the. I could literally okay. talk about any Disney film for <laughs> hours. Like I watched Fifty Five in Fifty Five Days, so I know literally. I all showed. Them. Did you watch Aristocats? I watched Aristocats. Yes, <laughs> I did. Enjoy, um, Aristocats is the one where they ha where it's set in the nineties, isn't it? No, no, no. no. It's, it's like, like set in France. Edwardian times oh. in France. And, okay, I've got with that mixed cats. up with Everybody. Oliver and Company. That's why I got mixed oh, up. Okay. Oliver and Company is a rip off of um, Lady and the Tramp. It's the exact same film, just done terribly. Aristocrats. The lead guy, the lead cat, is yeah. voiced by the same guy who did Blue. Yes, as well. exactly right. Yeah. And he, uh, he's, he's really good in it. I do like the relationship between the two. It's good, but isn't it? When it yeah. comes to animals, in terms of cats and dogs, I would say Lady and the Tramp. Guys, I'm not fucking yeah. around. I, <laughs> I legitimately know my shit. But yeah, Aristocrats was fun. I, mean, I like when I go to the jazz bar and everyone's yeah. just there. Yeah, the, the, but it, yeah. I Have you seen the Lizzo one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. 
Um, I showed my daughter it is problematic. Can yeah. I just say, if you do want to rewatch Aristocats, oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh there's some Peter pep- Pan is the most, is the, is oh, the yes. wor- worst, worst than Bambi, worst. Peter Pan and um, what's the Pinocchio? Pinocchio's really bad. Because I thought it was just uh, Mr. Geppetto, who was like the pedophile guy. There's a whole fox is singing a song about capturing kids and being pedophiles. And then there's a guy at the end who turns them into donkeys who looks like Boris Johnson, who goes, (laughs) all we do is we capture kids. And he smiles and I went, this film is mental, but Peter Pan, probably the most problematic one out of oh, all Oh, really? Of them. I haven't seen oh, it for years. Oh, yeah, because, um, so basically, it's, I, I literally keep calling the kids Tories because they're all just super Tory kids. Oh, yeah. And Peter Pan is the most unlikable hero oh, you've ever had. Yeah, he's yeah. like, forget the young people, just do what I do, fly out a window. And then one of the little kids, he's, he's, he wears like a really long gown. He's the youngest one. He carries an umbrella. And wears a top hat. Oh, yeah. That's while true. he's flying. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like, you're flying. You don't need to impress anybody else. Like, hello. And then they keep calling all the um, Native American people uh, savages. For, oh, who are these delightful Whoa. savages? Why do wow. they look like this? And I was like, this is a kid's film. Sorry, I could literally go off on Disney yeah, Ranch all day. I, I, it's, you know, it's quite good because we got, we got Disney Plus in the lo- <laughs> lockdown meltdown moment. And it, it does come up. Because I was like, I love Aristocrats. I haven't seen that. I was like, to my daughter, let's watch it. And then it said, does contain scenes that are culturally insensitive. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So I said, we can watch it. But I like, kept an eye. I would say watch Lady <laughs> and the Tramp. If yeah. that fails, just watch uh, Zootopia okay. Okay. today. Any other questions <laughs> here it, in the audience? There might not be. That's absolutely fine. Oh, yes, yes. What age did I first attend a funeral? Oh, any, everybody. Um, what age did I first attend a funeral? I first went to a funeral when I was 14, when my granny and, so my granny and granddad, my mum's parents died just the year before my dad. I know, my poor mum. So yeah, I was 14, I think. But actually, up until that point, no one had really, no one had really died in my, in my family. We had a lovely run, very calm, and then the world went, okay, your time is ready. Do you remember? How old 11, you? my grand, my mum's dad driving was 11. Yeah. Yeah. Athena? I was really old. I think I was 28. Wow. That's my friend's mum, yeah. I have a really small family in the UK. It's me, my mum, and my two brothers. So that accounts for it, because a lot of the funerals oh, yeah, we had yeah. in our family were abroad, so we couldn't go. So I was, I was 28, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mine was my dad's... I've only ever been to two funerals. My dad's in 2000, and then my dad's mom in 2009. That's it. Yeah. Uh, do any other questions? Yes. Oh, do what you... The- like you said earlier, Carrie, like you felt like during lockdown you heard your dad's voice. Mm. Did any of you guys, do you believe that anyone visits you or is it like on some dead Yeah, it's, so I, I, it's a tricky question because like when I say I heard his voice, it definitely wasn't spiritual. It, like it was like a memory and it, that's what was so weird. It was like I just heard someone talking and I was like, that's what he sounded like. But I, I used to be very, very... I definitely, he was here, I felt it. And now I'm like, uh, well, where are you? <laughs> I guess there's been definite points. I don't know, I don't know what I believe. I'm not, I'm definitely not on the, not absolutely no way. After he died, I don't know if you have this done, there were moments where it was like, I definitely sensed him really strongly, but that definitely didn't last very long. And my mum's theory is, um, my mum's theory is that like, you, she said, I think he hung around for a bit, but it, they don't hang around they're not like, well, I'll see you in three years' time. Uh, what did you think about um, that? Yeah, uh, so my mom, she's really big into all that sort of stuff. Uh, my mom went to this guy who sort of reads palms and like cards. And the best part about it was he is from like the black country. And it's where I'm from. And he would wear like a West Bromwich Albion football shirt. <laughs> while he would, it was just so weird. But then he would also give my mom the recordings back on a tape. Oh, like wow. an old school like tape. 
And uh, my mom said something to me. So I never really asked her about it because I feel like it's quite a private thing for her. Yeah, yeah. She's asking not just about me, but about my brother. And um, she, he, 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 she asked him about uh, my dad. And because I always felt like I'd never really felt my dad's mm. like presence in a way. Because like my nan would always talk about, oh, my nan's very spiritual. My mom's kind of spiritual. And I was always like, I've never really felt like my dad's presence. And so I asked my mom what this guy had said, and this guy has a great track record. He really, he's, he's, got, he's got something, man. Um, or maybe my mom's just easy, just believes everything <laughs> easy. Uh, but anyway, and he said this, and it always stopped with me, and I've never asked my mom ever again if she's been back. He went, um, my, my, my dad, he's kind of in this like realm where when you kill yourself, almost like a purgatory type thing, mm. where you, he's not in hell, He's not in heaven, but because he is where he is, he's unable to make any sort of contacts. Because when you kill yourself, you're seen as like, uh, you know, uh, you're not seen as properly past. You're just stuck in this place. And he said to my mom that the reason why I haven't really felt anything from him is because he just can't. He's just not able to because mm. of what he did. And that always stuck with me. And ever since then, I've never asked my mom anything again yeah. because I, I hated that. And I, I, I sometimes think about that sometimes. He, yeah, he's, he's just that my dad is there trying to make contact, but he's just unable to because he killed this, himself. This is my problem. I, my uncle saw somebody and they started telling me stuff. And I was like, the stuff you're telling me, I find so difficult because you're putting a kind of a human element yes. on something that isn't there. They're like, oh, he's thinking this. And I was like, the moment you tell me that and he's worried, I was like, I can't deal with it. Yeah. I can't deal with him being, because the joy of death is they're not in pain. Like they're not here, they're yes, not suffering. Yeah. They're not worrying, they're not... It doesn't hurt. So when they sort of like, oh, they obviously, my uncle found it a comfort that it was like, oh, we're talking to him. And I was like, you know what? I find it very uncomfortable that he has any opinions or feelings about what I'm doing because yeah. he can't tell me. Completely so yeah, I kind of heard on the, you know, if you're there, great, but you don't feel you have to talk to me. Um, <laughs> my, my cousin last, who died last year, um, so she was incredibly spiritual and, um, it, and it gave her great comfort to think. Like, so for instance, with her mother, who obviously was so distraught at losing her daughter, she said to her, I'm going to ride your back for three months. I'll be there three months, get you through the first three, then by yourself. Very spiritual. Um, and, and I'm not at all. I'm, uh, unfortunately, I just, uh, she knew I didn't believe and she um, was giving me crystals and stuff before she was passing and it was like very important to her. And then after she died, I heard her in my sleep in my brain her exact voice going ha ha you were wrong <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good I know and I told you and I was just like oh she's talking to me in my sleep to prove that there is an afterlife <laughs> but it, it's literally stories like that that affirm my belief in it because mm, everyone's yeah. got them and my mum is has due to age as well as many other factors has lots of family members who've passed and she's always been visited by them it's, it's like it's just like it's almost like normal yeah yeah me. yeah um, and it's not just her so and lots of people don't have these experiences as well, but yeah. I just sort of think that there's something that's animating all this carbon. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know what the hell it is, but I don't believe it passes the same way that physical things pass. Mm. And it's weird because there's, you know, but that's what that's what belief is. I can't evidence it. Yeah, yeah. It's you know? And I'd never, I'd never come firmly on either side. I'd never be like, no way. Because mm. I do feel like if he is there, I want him to know. Yeah. He can. <laughs> when he's ready, he can have a chat. That's fine. Um, we've had some very nice yeah, so yeah, there was um, one online that's stuff. not on the screen anymore that I think There was, was one saying Darren. about coping um, techniques for losing someone to suicide. Darren, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Obviously, it's a um, question. Coping techniques for losing someone to suicide. For me, it was, and it would probably be therapy. It was talking mm. a lot. So, because I was unable to talk to my family about it, and especially my dad's family, I never spoke to them really about it. I did, I did comedy. I've always, spoke, I've always been very open. I've always talked to friends, 
about it. Only now I can I, I can talk to my family more about because yeah. I also feel like because they f- they feel more comfortable in in talking to me about it just because they see that I'm doing much better and I'm much happier yeah, now yeah. in terms of what I'm doing. But I would honestly say just talk to friends and, and, and if you can talk to your family, talk to your family and don't be ashamed to bring it up. Mm, That's yeah, one thing that uh, yeah. I went through for years. I, was just, I just felt ashamed to bring it up because, you know, we're doing all right. We're moving on a bit and then just going, um, you know, oh, mom, you know, dad. Like sometimes I'll just ask my mom random questions about my dad. And it's never, a, it's never an issue. But yeah. I would have felt like... 15 years ago, if I brought it up, I'd just be reminding her of this thing because she, obviously she feels like she played a role in it and she mm. failed and obviously she didn't. But now I'm very open. I, I mean, oh, Dad, did, uh, did Dad like this? You know you met Dad? What was the, what was the music? <laughs> what kind of music was you two listening to? Just little things like that. Yeah. And they're much more open to it. But I wish I'd done that like years ago because I think that would have also helped her. Yeah, but I, I do her. think you only ask questions when you're ready to hear them. Like I definitely yeah. ask more stuff now because I think earlier I just would I couldn't cope yeah. with the information, so I just would want to say it so badly, and then would be like, like I'm not gonna, I yeah. just don't want to open that box, so I'm not gonna say it. So I think I've definitely got to the position now where I'm, and also being a bit more of an adult, so able to ask adult questions about like their relationship and actually what, whereas at the time you're like, I just want to believe everything was perfect and I don't want to talk about it if it wasn't. <laughs> like, that's, that's it. We've had some other nice, um, I just want to read something, the stream. Uh, oh, my mum recently passed, says Jake Howard. I want to talk to my family about her, but they really struggle. Any tips on how to start the conversation? It's kind of what you were just saying. I think the thing with starting conversations with family members is, and this comes up on the show all the time, is everybody grieves differently mm. and you have to respect that some people don't want to have that conversation and yeah. that's the joy to bring it back around of therapy yeah. <laughs> you I, can find yeah. someone who is is willing to talk to you i, I guess what it. you could do well, i always think because you could say to somebody because what's difficult difficult is if your expectation what you need is is not what somebody else wants mm. but i guess you could say well, like what do you want or need at the moment what could i be doing for you that helps you and they might go shut up leave me or anything yeah. like that um i need some peace or but but you could say because what i need is this and if you can't give that to me now i understand and you I can still express it the thing with grief as well is that I'm sure you have this down. It's like it's an ongoing conversation. So you might start trying to talk to a family member. It might be awful. And then five years later, they might turn around and be like, mm. hey, you know that conversation? This is mm. what I couldn't tell you. Yeah. And yes, I've been amazed yeah. by like, oh, they weren't ready to have that conversation. So it's like, I think it's important to keep like knocking on the door with each other a little yeah. bit. I also, I also learned that there's there's other family members who are far more open and more yes, comfortable that's with it. True, like, yeah. I learned like, with my nan and my uncles, their perspective of my dad... Like I've never, the good thing is I've never heard any of my family ever say a bad thing about my dad. Wasn't a perfect guy, but I've never said a bad thing. But my mom, it's always quite a shorter conversation. And then I'll ask my nan and my nan just doesn't care. She'll just say everything. And then I'll go up to my mom and go, nan said, dad, did, <laughs> dad didn't even really enjoy that Christmas dinner. Like <laughs> just something like, and then she'll laugh and she'll go, well. And then, so I realized that yeah. through other family members, it made it a lot easier, but like the yeah. past, the past sort of five years, I could mention literally anything about my dad and it would be like fun. And obviously, I think that just comes with the time to heal, yeah, trying yeah. to heal from it a bit better. So now everyone's just open about, which is great, which is definitely what I need sometimes. Yeah. What are you going you to say something? No, I was just going to say that it, it's an opportunity to talk to family members that maybe you weren't as close to before. Yeah. And sometimes you might have a family member who you're close to and they, you feel like they're failing you. But as, as, as yeah. you said, like, 
they're not. They're just doing it in their own way. Like I never had, you know, I, know, I never had a relationship with my grandparents um, because you know they're abroad or whatever. Um, but I have uncles and cousins who I'm very distant from. But we've there are people I talk to now over yeah, quite yeah. sad things that I would never have spoken to before. Um, so it's an opportunity to um, you know if you if you have the luxury of, of a large family. Yeah, I think. Um, I think we have to we have to wrap it up there. This has been so so wonderful i want to thank you so much for coming out to a gig in this incredible time that we're living through we we genuinely it's been very nice for us to have microphones and people to speak to guys <laughs> you are the real mvps yeah please give it up for sarah pascoe athena Corbello, and darren harriet who've been your guests tonight i have been carrie lloyd thank you to the online sorry to the questions we didn't get to rachel i know you did i'm sorry about that Thank you so much, guys. Thanks You've been again. Amazing. Thank Cheers, you. guys. You can follow Athena on Twitter at Athena Kablenu. That's Athena, and Kablenu is K-U-G-B-L-E-N-U. You can follow Darren on Twitter at Darren Harriet, and he's Darren, but Harriet is H-A-R-R-I-O-T-T. And you can follow Sarah Pascoe on Twitter at Sarah Pascoe. I think they're all on Instagram as well. Um, and do check out their websites. They might have some things you can download or some specials you can buy because comedians are not particularly working at the moment so if you want to help them survive the pandemic that's the one way to do it you can follow us on twitter and instagram at the Griefcast. the show was edited by kate holland the music was provided by the glue ensemble and this episode was recorded live at king's place in london a fantastic venue who regularly support podcasts do uh, look them up as well when they are back open thank you so much for listening and remember you are not alone What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.